performance or interpretation is for me a kind of the peak of iceberg. Okay. The the last thing that I can uh, perceive from outside, and which makes the artwork very rich is all the rest. So how much we thought about. Uh, how many informations we collected to get this, or how hardly we studied, we practiced, uh, and how many people and how uh, many life events we uh, had in the life, or all those uh, things behind one peak of the iceberg uh, makes our quality as an artist, I think. Today I'm talking to the pianist, conductor and composer Kanaku Abe. Kanaku, it's so lovely to meet you on Zoom and um, where are you based? Oh, so uh, now I'm uh, living in The Hague in the Netherlands, but yeah. my origin is Japanese. So I was born in Osaka in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what, what brought you to um, the Netherlands? Uh, so since six years I'm living here in The Hague, before mm -hmm. I was living in Paris. And I have been living in Paris uh, for more than 20 years. Yeah. So uh, this is first because of my study. Mm -hmm. After my study of the composition I, in Tokyo, I directly went to the Paris Conservatory to mm -hmm. continue my study in music, not only in composition. And then uh, I started my career as a professional musician and a conductor, especially. Mm. And uh, since six years, I just changed my base in the Netherlands. Uh, first, because of the fact, uh, again, of my study, because I needed to have my master's degree as soon as possible, because my diploma of conservatory uh, was not in the system of bachelor or master's. It's a kind of premier prix, deuxième prix, the first prize, second prize, this totally the different system. Oh, I see. Okay. And uh, mm -hmm. if I work as a professor in the university, I just need to show my master's degree. Wow. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was so looking for the possibility to get it as soon as possible but I couldn't stop my professional work. Then oh, I was I looking for the opportunity uh, to be absent mm -hmm. uh, at school, but uh, to be able to get a kind of diploma uh, two years after. And mm -hmm. uh, I didn't find in uh, France, mm -hmm. uh, the only possibility was one university in the Netherlands. That's why. Oh, I see. Okay. So, but you've you've left Japan. Then, at what age were you when you left Japan? Uh, nineteen, twenty. So years young. Old. Yeah, so young. And was this? Uh, how did your music career start? What instrument did you play as a child? Uh, first of all, my parents are both chorus conductor. Yeah. But they are also singer. Uh, then I got to use to sing in the chorus or uh, on stage as a child role in the musical uh, performance. Uh, and, and my grandfather was actor. 
So all those environment uh, just uh, naturally invited me to be in the art permanently. And uh, I don't remember uh, when I exactly started to practice uh, piano. Maybe at two years old, even two, between two and three. Wow. I don't remember. <laughs> so young. So young. But, yeah, it's interesting that you say that your family, so your parents, uh, they were musicians and your grandfather, you said, yeah. Uh, so and and that then was natural for you to just to do it as well. But why the piano specifically? I think this was because of my mama. Okay. Uh, so according to my mama's explanation, I started to play piano on the knee of my mom. Really. Yeah, and uh, the day got realized very early that I had a very good ears. And then uh, the, my, both my parents uh, seriously started to uh, learn uh, or how to read a music score. And uh, apparently I was a very quick learner. Amazing. Yeah, and uh, uh, at six years old, I entered to the specialized solfeggio school. This is a very specific thing in Japan, kind of uh, prodigious child's uh, training school. Then I did all kind of test uh, dictation of any kind of music or the, the rhythmical notion to, to check or uh, piano playing the, the, with a lot of exam uh, every two months or three months. And then uh, I really, I was trained okay. as a future professional. Yeah. But in, at such a young age, was it a lot of pressure on you or did you enjoy that? Uh, I was enjoying it a lot uh, because it was for me a kind of uh, exercise, uh, you know, like athletic. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. I think we, we sometimes think for children, oh, you know, this is uh, a lot of work or a lot of practicing or so. And and actually children enjoy it. Like you say there, you enjoyed it because you, you uh, enjoyed playing the piano. Yes, my case was a happy one, but uh, at the beginning we were many children, and one by one they quit uh, oh, because of the, the what you explained that so, so some of children didn't like to be trained uh, so hardly. Uh, it was not fun anymore, so they finished by. Uh, hating the music oh, it, that was very sorry mm -hmm. but uh, yeah fortunately it was not my case and I still enjoy a lot with such a kind of exercise <laughs> <laughs> but do, uh, how long were you in that school um, until I entered to the music high school then uh, 14 years old or something like this mm -hmm. But is the competition very strong in Japan uh, between musicians? Yes, uh, especially for piano and violin uh, students. Mm. Uh, uh, education starts very, very early age and a lot of competition. And, uh, we uh, apply for the 
auditions quite early age, even seven, eight years old. We wow. start to be always in the competition. That's very young. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, my mother, when I got 13 years old, she just suggested me to change the major. So at uh, 13, uh, with the advice of my mom, I started to compose music. Okay. And then change, switch to, to my major, to the composition class. But what, what made your mom decide to encourage you to do that? Did she see some potential in you? Did she see a talent in you? So, uh, as I explained, the notion of competition was very high. Mm. And uh, my mother was just worried about uh, this pressure oh, or stressful life for children. And, and I, she thought that it's better for me to be in the creativity. Oh, I see. Yeah. In a very creative way and to have more freedom to imagine every kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just proof that mums know best. <laughs> <laughs> she was right. We that. know. We know these things. We, we feel it with our children. What's the right path mm -hmm. for them? How wonderful that she did that. So then you're with composition, um, did you feel that uh, that you could express yourself and that this, this creativity, did you enjoy it? Yes. Um, and uh, the, this was two very positive sides. Uh, the first one was I get more freedom in my mind and I can be access uh, on every kind of aesthetic, not only Beethoven sonata or Mozart oh, yeah. to practice every fingering to be strictly uh, <laughs> uh, like written or something like this. So the, out of those kind of uh, strict rules, I was very happy just to make music uh, and uh, to compose uh, yeah, not only the very uh, uh, strict uh, instrumental music, but uh, something, some songs for my mother, for example, and okay. just to make a small uh, suite for the birthday of my friends, or kind oh. of yeah, and this this communication through my creativity, so through my composition, made me very happy. And I think made my friends and my family very happy as well. That oh, I that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so that you could give something. You, yes. Yeah. And the second positive point was, uh, so if I always think about my composition, I absorb everything around my musical world uh, because I am very active. So I studied, for example, uh, classical music like Beethoven or Mozart. Uh, I always imagine if I compose this section, that section, uh, which note I might choose, why Beethoven selected this note, that passage. Okay. And then uh, the relationship uh, with each composer got very close finally. 
thanks to uh, the fact that I always compose in my mind. That's amazing. I never thought that, but that that you actually then understand why they composed in a certain way, and you then um, got to know them through their music. Yes, so I can't. I can't say that I understand a hundred percent perfectly no. because it's not my. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I can guess as much as possible, I think, uh, from the point of uh, this theoretical point of view or this style of the, the time or this stage of his life or life, uh, he might have that emotion, uh, that uh, very important event, that encounter with uh, this great artist, uh, which influenced a lot, or all those kind of information that I really studied a lot, but not as a performer, but as a future composer. Mm. And but then, how, yeah. how important is it, do you think, that musicians know these things? That they know what the mm -hmm. almost the emotion behind the music is, so that when they play it, that they could also express it in that way yes anyway interpretation is something very personal mm -hmm. even if we uh, try to be strict with the music score we put uh, definitely a kind of our ego because oh, we can't never see the things totally in subjective point mm -hmm. Um, but uh, how to say mm, mm, the performance or interpretation is for me a kind of the peak of iceberg. Okay. The the last thing that I can uh, perceive from outside, mm -hmm. and which makes the artwork very rich is all the rest. So how much we thought about. Uh, how many informations we collected to get this, or how hardly we studied, we practiced, uh, and how many people and how uh, many life events we uh, had in the life, or all those uh, things behind one peak of the iceberg uh, makes our quality as an artist, I think. Amazing. You, you say it so beautifully. And But how do you, when, when you compose something, do you talk to the musicians? Do you want them to know all this information? Yes, I, I try mm -hmm. uh, to tell as much as possible all my feeling, all what I know about this or that composer. And uh, always try to uh, explain in very uh, concrete expression with uh, some adjective words. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, for example, as I am uh, orchestra conductors, then, uh, for example, uh, instead of uh, speaking, uh, just to play softly, uh, I can just compare, uh, so play as if you caress the small cat, or oh, uh, just to treat mm -hmm. the sound as if you are brushing, something like this, and then uh, they get more uh, uh, concrete imaginations in their head, mm 
uh, the, the, the that kind of things, it, it's very important to make a musical performance more alive, I think. But uh, the, the way you explain it is, is also amazing. So you have, you are very creative in your thinking, if you can explain it like that. Oh, yeah, but I just uh, I, I like trying to communicate with other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but when you write, do you see these images? When you yes. write the music, you see the images. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amazing. <laughs> but so and so, you have that. I would say, well, control sounds uh, a bit harsh, but you have some sort of input when you do the the conducting of your piece but what mm. if you have to give the the piece to somebody else to conduct mm. and 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 a different orchestra do you mm. feel then sort of you you um you know did you it's out of your hands you cannot do anything about it and is it for you okay to do it like that i think in general once the art work born uh, we cut the cordon and oh, the artwork mm. itself is already independent mm. e even out of the control of creator uh, himself or herself mm. then um, yeah I don't have any obligation to uh, do that do like that to oh, the, every mm. performer and I uh, often have a kind of very uh, nice surprise from the performers. They really? have their own idea, their own imagination to propose through their performance. And I, oh, I didn't recognize when I was composing, it has such a result. But why not? It's yep. very, yeah, interesting. <laughs> well, you're not the first composer who says this, this because oh. I've also ask composers how how does it feel if somebody else takes your work and do something and mm -hmm. and everybody says that they are they are very surprised also in that it's sometimes more than they could have expected you know that that they they're happy about the result mm -hmm. so that's so beautiful that you that you can uh, um, you know experience it like that yes and uh, the performance aesthetic changes according to the time and uh, so even the very great classical words the symphony of tchaikovsky or uh, ever everybody knows but uh, maybe two uh, one uh, century ago they were performing in completely different way oh yeah yeah, they were persuaded that this is the way to perform this symphony, and they never uh, imagined a uh, hundred years after they might perform in completely different way. Yeah, so, because it's yeah, you've got different musicians, you've got different conductors, so of course the interpretation would always be then different well, it's not only the difference of each uh, person each artist's conception but for example now we know the speed of a uh, supersonic train or plane or even uh, satellite but uh, when beethoven was living uh, the most 
high speed was maybe the the horse <laughs> oh okay yeah motion of speed it itself it changes mm. then uh, i think everything is related uh, with oh, yeah. our environment yeah that's true yeah so then if you say fast fast yes. means something different than than it did before i never thought of that but yes it makes so sense Yes, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. But um, Kanaku, uh, what inspires you to write? To write? Oh, I don't know. This, this, you know, this is something hap which happens suddenly in my in my mind, in my brain. Then it comes, kind of, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, plasma in in my brain. Uh, for example, when I I work on the street, or when I was alone in the forest, or when I'm eating very good food, or it, it can happen in every moment. Really? I can't control it. <laughs> do you? But do you hear the sounds? Do you hear the melodies? What happens in your brain when you when you? It can start with a kind of three, four notes. Oh, I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or it can be kind of color because I have also a synesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know synesthetic? No, no. Uh, there are people who can see the color, specific color when we oh, I see. Uh, mm -hmm. hear the music or sound. And then I first have kind of color. And then I just uh, translate this color to the music, something like this. So yeah, it depends on. Wow. But then these these few notes, uh, do you record them so that you don't forget them, or do they stay in your head? So say you're in the street and you have to go home to write down the notes. Do you do you remember them? Uh, sometimes I write it all in a small paper, or, but uh, most of the time I memorize everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, maybe the people around me think that I'm doing nothing. Uh, for example, if I must finish my composition in two months, mm -hmm. uh, for one and a half months, I'm doing nothing from outside. Oh, I see. Yeah, I just live okay. normally and and then, but uh, what happens in my mind is I am composing in, in my mind, mm. but without doing anything uh, physically. And oh, the last few weeks, okay, now I can start and I start to write it on the music score. And then, uh, yeah, interesting. it's really... Yeah weird <laughs> yeah so i would assume you would write everything down so that you don't forget it but you say you you mm -hmm. sort it out in your head first yes that's amazing <laughs> and do you write uh, do you write by hand or do you use software of the computer Oh, by hand. I tried the soft really? software, but I did get ah. <laughs> oh, okay. Because there are too many not musical uh, things to think about, mm. and this disturbs my concentration. <laughs> oh, I see. But now, so when you write by hand, uh, do you play on the piano to hear the sound, or, do, or or can you 
Can you hear the sound just by by reading the notes? Uh, I start on the desk. Yeah. And sometimes uh, I need to check on the piano, okay. but not all the time. Mm. But th this must be then amazing when you first hear your music in when the orchestra play it, because mm -hmm. you you then haven't heard it before. You just saw it on the notes and then in your head. So what mm -hmm. is this experience when you give it to an orchestra to play? Oh, the, the very, very thrilling moment mm. for, I think, for all composers. Very forced rehearsal uh, because we are not, uh, you know, we are not the god of the music. So we, maybe I wrote something horrible and it oh, might okay. sound uh, uh, terribly and all musicians hate my music or something, uh, you know, and that they, we, we have a lot of, uh, anxious yeah uh, and doubt uh, yeah, yeah feeling mm -hmm. yeah uh, but uh, most of time it's it turns to the very uh, happy uh, experience mm -hmm. uh, because uh, it's not only about this music sound but uh, collection of all human energy inside of one orchestra makes kind of new uh, vitality mm. from the inside uh, of the music. And this is something we just need to uh, attend. Yeah. Oh, I can just, I can understand that. And I spoke to a, a young composer once who said, and I always remember this, he said that his music, for him, it is so important when the orchestra enjoys um, playing mm -hmm. the music ra yeah. rather than the audience receiving the music, but I mean both. But but he enjoys the fact that the orchestra enjoys playing his music. Is it for you also like that? Yes, exactly. And as I conduct a lot of world premiere performances of, of different composers, and this I really understand. So I can say all composers. Are waiting for this moment, so uh, they are waiting for the moment that music, orchestra musicians uh, get very interested in uh, each music world and put actively their uh, artistic artistic quality or their vitality. So I think the music world were not maybe not on only music work, but all artistic work is a kind of virtual energy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now you mm -hmm. lived in well, you lived in in Japan and then France and now in the Netherlands. Yes. How much does that? this uh, you know the living in different countries and the different cultures that you're surrounded with how much does that influence your composing my composing uh i think it's important the language we use every day and i can say that the grammar in japanese language is totally different from the european language mm. Uh, so how to compose the structure of a uh, sentence, mm -hmm. uh, it means that how to think daily. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, 
and I, from the point of view of Japanese-born person, uh, European language is very um, practical. Oh, I see. Well, mm. well uh, structured, mm. and uh, it's clear to uh, be understood. Oh, I see. Mm. But Japanese language sometimes are very confused, and it's nice to express something uh, beyond uh, the logic. Yeah. Kind of very confused or very complex emotion or feelings. Uh, so maybe for the poesy, it's a very good language. Mm. And I think uh, my... If I can say, if I have kind of uh, riches in the cult, uh, multicultural uh, life, mm -hmm. uh, more we know the difference, uh, more we know the uh, different conception of life, different philosophy or um, with different value in the daily uh, event, uh, we can uh learn to supervise everything oh yeah uh, mm -hmm. so this is like i am in the plane and i just observe uh, the, the earth <laughs> and then uh, i can analyze how it's composed in global point of view and i can just uh, how to say Sometimes I can uh, be very subjective, mm -hmm. or uh, just uh, very, very, very objective, and uh, just to compare uh, without any emotion, uh, different mm -hmm. fact. So this, this is like I am enjoying my life uh, with the right hand uh, the microscope. Yeah. Mm. And with the left hand a lupe. Just to, to look just a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I just to uh, change the notion of <laughs> observation mm -hmm. about the world uh, around me. And uh, yeah. That's so interesting how you see it. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, amazing. Uh, but uh, this is my life, but I think it seems to be important for many people uh, to get to know different things. Mm -hmm. uh, because as I observe, most of conflict in the world happens because of the lack of knowledge about the difference. Yeah, because, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the conflict... Uh, happens often for the self-defense. Mm. Self-defense is due to uh, the fear to the another that we can't uh, understand. Mm. If we, we don't know our neighbor, we get uh, scared because we can imagine mm. that maybe our neighbor can attack me mm -hmm. tomorrow and I risk my life, something like mm -hmm. this. And then to self-defend, we attack. Yeah, now that's true. Mm. So just to avoid that, that kind of conflict, yeah, we are just uh, uh, 
going to uh, communicate and get to know how different we are between and just to accept that uh, this difference and this diversity of the the, the world but in art uh, people yeah. from all cultures come together and they do you know, they make music together or they uh, dance or all mm -hmm. forms of art. You always get people from different backgrounds, different cultures, uh, different languages coming together. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's something that artists do that they, that open their minds to these differences that makes mm -hmm. them not scared of things that they don't know? Mm. So I am a musician and I can say that music is one of the most abstract uh, art, form of art. So while we sing the song together, uh, we don't count about the difference of the, the, the nationality or just we are into the music and the, the share the same melody and even if we don't understand the word just to uh, to humming the same melody all together uh, makes us united yeah i think uh, this is the power of the, the art not only the music but uh, this is the mission of the art and the artist for mm. for Word, I think. Mm. Yeah, and I I believe that there, there's something in the brain that allows you to um, to look at it in a different way because you've, but through uh, you know doing this form of art or doing your art, there's mm -hmm. some there must be some sort of development in the brain that allows you to be open to mm -hmm. to different things and new things. Yes. Mm. And to make artwork or to create mm. is the act uh, to accept the life, mm. to say yes to the life, to say uh, thank you that we are living something very positive to the life, I think. Mm. And that's why it's not only for artists, but for all human beings, the creative Creativity is important to continue. The yeah, no, absolutely, I agree. But now you are a conductor. You talked yeah. about conducting as well. So where did this come into? When uh, is this just natural for you as a composer to to become a conductor? Oh, uh, but as I said, my parents are both chorus conductor, so I oh, just okay. observed how 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 is the profession of conductor, mm -hmm. and uh, I always think I am persuaded uh, that to um, polish the human soul, mm -hmm. the best way is to communicate as much as possible with others. I love my time of being alone and just to create my own work. Uh, this is something what I need to uh, uh, dig down uh, my uh, deep uh, self. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know that I can't grow up without getting in touch with uh, many people. And it uh, hurts sometimes 
to uh, communicate with other people. So sometimes it happens very happily, but sometimes it it has some problem of communication, or uh, and it makes me uh, think a lot, or even uh, it makes me sad. But all that experience uh, made me grow up a lot since my childhood because uh, because of the profession of my parents i was surrounded by many 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 chorus members since mm. my childhood and this was the source source of my personality and, and i always uh, do want to grow up as far as possible and not uh, carry uh, carry up but not as a human soul i would like to grow up a lot Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why uh, I was looking for uh, the possibility to get in touch with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the music, the best profession uh, for me was absolutely the orchestra conductor. <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> because you you have to connect with your whole orchestra. Yes, and uh, I just uh, uh, let all orchestra musicians uh, to uh, perform the music uh, with their own quality. So I don't oblige or I don't impose them to to perform the music. So there is already a very important human communication before making the sound. Amazing that you do that, that you have that understanding. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm happy doing this. <laughs> yeah, and your orchestra must also feel it then, because if you have this connection with them, then they must. Um, it must be a joy for them to play. Yes, but still, at every rehearsal, at every concert production, I learn a lot of things. I mm. uh, human nature is. Uh, like a limitless learning yeah yeah Yeah. a lot of life a lot of human nature a lot of absurdity in in the life Um, yeah but but you um i when i hear you speak i hear you've got a french accent but you've also (laughs) got a dutch accent (laughs) oh really (laughs) (laughs) you pronounce some of the words you pronounce with with the dutch accent but do you speak you how many languages do you speak now oh my i am very at ease with french speaking yeah and I start to forget a bit Japanese. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> the English is since I am here in the Netherlands, I speak English. So just to, since six years. Mm. Well, your English is very good. And do you speak oh. do you speak Dutch as well? Just a little bit. Oh, okay. It's really difficult language. Mm. Yeah, yeah, as as if I must swallow. pronounce for me. Well, I speak Afrikaans, so I understand Dutch, and I know what you mean. Afrikaans is also a language that's more at the back of your fr- uh, throat. Yes. Yeah. But now uh, you've done so much already, and and but what is the dream for you? What My is the dream. wish? 
Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of questions a lot of journalists because I have uh, the occasion to be interviewed uh, by different uh, journalists from different countries. Yeah. And uh, yeah, each time the people uh, ask such kind of questions, I can't concretely uh, answer because yeah. uh, I don't have any uh, concrete uh, project or plan uh, for example, to found a school or to conduct uh, the world best orchestra or something like this. Oh, yeah. uh, because I, my life is a succession of uh, being grateful of each moment of each day. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, at the end of the day, I wonder myself if I lived enough today. Wow. And if I was mm. thankful enough to the people I met or something like this. And then I started the day after, the day after this. <laughs> That's so beautiful. That's su such a great way to live. <laughs> Because you you're right. Sometimes I think if we have, um, you know, we have the wishes, then we yes. always live for for the future. But we don't live in the day, and we don't, like you say, be grateful for where we are now and for what we do now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in the core of myself, I am uh, persuaded that everything is connected. Yeah. So the, my life, uh, I take my responsibility about this life given by my parents or somewhere. But this is only the small life in the big universe. And uh, I am doing something for everybody. Mm. Then uh, my uh, career or my glory is not very important. And if I can change to the next generation or if I can uh, help someone uh, in the corner of the, another world or something like this, it will be mm. meaningful. Then I don't seek much about my own uh, ego satisfaction. <laughs> mm. Wow, this is, yeah, this is so beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But it's so true, you know, that we 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 shouldn't live for just ourselves because we it is I also believe that we are all connected and mm -hmm. um, I also believe in in all these interviews that I do that the people come on my way, you know, that mm -hmm. I don't um, that it's meant to be that I talk to them and now today I'm very grateful that I talk to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, this was so beautiful what you've said. You. But I I wish for you really that you um keep on composing and and that yeah. you have this wonderful um career that you can do this and that you can touch people and can connect with people in such a way. Mm -hmm. And um thank you so much for this very very beautiful interview you've opened my eyes and my mind now to so many things that i didn't realize and thank you so much for that thank you very much petra and please whenever you come to vienna you will uh, please let me know 
Oh yes, sure, with pleasure. No. Yeah. I would so love to meet you in person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, Kanalko. Have a lovely day. You too. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.